Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q in here, as well as former collegiate athlete Haki Stampley. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori. So let's get right into it. NBA, I know you wanted to talk about trades. And the biggest trade right now, obviously, is that Harden trade. Harden goes to the Nets, where he wanted to go the whole time. Jared Allen, Tareem Prince to the Cavs, Dante Exum. Um, I can't remember the other kid's name, but Victor Aladipo to the Rockets, along with four draft or first round picks and four first round pick swaps. The Pacers got uh, Karis LeVert, who's cold blooded in my opinion, but they could have canceled the whole trade because they found that mass on his kidney. So it must not have been as serious as one would think. Otherwise, they probably would have canceled that trade and kept Victor. Right. Um, what are your guys' opinions? Um, I can go. <laughs> Uh, so for me, for me, if you know me, you know, I'm a big, huge James Harden fan. It's my favorite player. So I've just been watching him real close, um, from like eliminated from the playoffs to now. And so, um, I'm, I'm real excited about this year. Real excited. Last year or the past few years, he's been eliminated from teams that's obviously better than his, like the Golden State Warriors, obviously twice in a row. Lakers, obviously, twice in a row. And so this year, it's like he has a real shot. He has a real shot of actually making some noise, getting to the finals, and a real good shot at winning it, you know. And so I'm real, real excited about that. And so I'll be the first to go out and say it. I'm a huge Nets fan. I know I'm from Milwaukee. But, hey, I'm going to have to throw throw them deuces. (laughs) Big, big. Damn, that, that's that's you're gonna leave the Bucks and go to, for the Nets, bro. You gotta cheer for your favorite, your favorite, bro. Your favorite, you know. <laughs> mess with Giannis, I mess with Giannis. Like he hometown guy, um, he put the city on. You know, big respect to Giannis, but Harden is my guy, so we gotta go with him. I think it's a it's a crazy transition, like. You know how just the game has evolved over the years that we've been watching it. And to see that top tier of talent come together and play on the same team is fun. It's kind of, it reminds me of like an open gym session where you go, you pair up with all your homies that you know can get buckets (laughs) and you know you're about to run the gym. Like that's how it looks out there. And it looks like they're having fun. You know, it, it was sometimes I would question in Houston if he was having fun because he had so much of a workload for himself not saying he couldn't handle it but it's easier when you got someone like Durant and then you got Irving you know got your back so you can conserve energy that way you know you can you can be in in sharp form come fourth quarter all of you guys because you don't have to play as hard throughout the game because you're not the only focal point so it's going to be a crazy year for the Eastern Conference and obviously the Nets move to the favorite in the East with that trade but I'm excited to watch them, you know, take on the West. It'll be fun. You said the favorite in the East, but you can't say they're not the favorite overall in the whole NBA. Yeah, you can say that too. I mean, the favorite in the entire league just because of the talent that they have, and it's hard to say they're not. You know, they're they're going to be contenders no matter what just because of their roster. And 
You know, I think they're it's going to be fun because they have three star players that can all play with the second unit as well. So it's not like they're going to have a drop off when the bench comes in because one or two can always be on the floor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, another thing, another thing I feel like they always have like like if you have James Harden on your team, you know he's going to play huge minutes for you. You know, big minutes. You're not really worried about like having a backup point guard or nothing like that even though you have Kyrie, you know. So it's, it's it he brings like way more depth to your team cuz you can play him with the first unit, second unit, just like how Q was saying. And so you always have a point guard out there. Not to mention you have Kyrie. Not to mention you got KD. It's just, what Harden say, scary hours. It's scary hours. Scary hours. And, I mean, they have the right talent around them. They're surrounded by a bunch of three-point shooters or they got a big who can play defense. Like, it's a match made in heaven this year. I don't know how they'll keep it together moving forward, but as long as you got those three, you're going to be in the mix no matter what. Yeah. Um, I've, been hearing, I've been hearing a lot of talks about, like, um, trading Kyrie and stuff. What, what you guys think? No way. No. Nah. No way. Nah, they're 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 there to stay. I don't know how long this trio is gonna stay together, but they're gonna make some noise year one, and that's only gonna build confidence and you know team chemistry. And year two is gonna be just as scary once they you know get uh, eighty-two games. Obviously, they're not playing a full season, but you know however long the season is gonna be, once they get down to playoff form they're going to be even scarier than they are now. Obviously, that they're only a couple games in. Harden recorded a triple-double, his first game as a net. He is the number one guy when transitioning to a different team, I think the most points in the first two games. He passed Will Chamberlain in Houston, and then with the Nets, he just hit, like, I think number five or number six. So it's, it's insane, man. It's I mean, I'm only excited to see once Kyrie comes back and how he fits into that equation as well man I, I feel like it could be even better like the funny the <laughs> how funny, much better i mean they just me, played the number one team in the east and the way they were scoring it was looking kind of easy this is the second game and they were scoring pretty much at will any, every time they needed to and that's this is without like a defensive scheme this is without like going over scouting reports and all of that like this is just the second game they just hooping Harden ain't even unpacked the suitcase. He just got there, <laughs> just got there man. He, li- he living out the hotel still in Brooklyn? Yeah. You know, you just throw the bag next to the bed. You just living out the suitcase. Yeah, I need some, need some drawers and socks today, my compressions. Man. I got, I got my stuff at the gym already. He don't need 30-point triple-double. <laughs> man. So what about the other side of the, these trades? How, do, how does the Rockets... How do they change, you know, what they've been doing, you know, the the fast-paced offense with Harden controlling the ball, being ball-dominant. Now they got, you know, Victor Oladipo, John Wall, Boogie Cousins still. They're, they still got some solid pieces. They're going to still win some games, but obviously not – they're probably not going to win as many as they would with Harden. Yeah. Um, I think they – I think this their team has like a – Redeem team type of thing. Like they're they all got something to prove. Like John Wall hasn't hooped in years. He he has to prove that he's still elite. Um, Boogie Cousins ain't hooped in years. He has to prove that he can still play in this league. Um, and by the judge by judging of the, these first few games, I don't know. 
Um, and then the same thing with Oladipo. He has to prove that he can lead a team, be a leading scorer, be a um, the leader on a playoff team at that. And that's that's a whole different ballgame, especially in the West. But uh, what I would say is I like Christian Woods. Christian Woods is really, really nice. Um, I think he'll, he'll be in contention for player, I mean, uh, most improved. Yeah, if he, he was balling last year too, though. Yeah, no one, no one talked about him. Yeah, yeah. If, when you're on Detroit, if this play is really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. When you're on Detroit, of course you're not getting talked about. I guess that makes sense, unless you're Andre Drummond and you're trying to shoot threes now. But other than that, <laughs> hey, but he's a he's a part of that redeemed team I'm talking about because he just came from the Pistons, where it's like anybody could really get off over there. Now come to a team where. Um, they have a, they've been known for winning the past few several years. Let's see if you can do the same thing. And he's been doing it, and I like his game. I like his game a lot too. Um, I love Boogie's game. The biggest problem with Boogie is being, you know, hurt. It's nothing to do with his skills. Boogie, however, what three four years ago was the best big in the league, the most complete, doing things that no big has ever done. The way he passes, the way he moves, he's like a better Chris Webber when he's healthy. You know what I mean? Um, you sit there and you think of that. If he just stays healthy and, and comes back to who he actually is, he's going to be a stud. John Wall. It, it's weird, too, because both of those dudes are underdogs. You know, coming to the league, all they did was kill it high school, college, end up in not the greatest situations. Uh, not that the Wizards were bad, but obviously Sacramento is not where you wanted to end up when you're coming into the league when Boogie came. Um, and Victor, he had kind of a rough time with OKC to start off, found himself in Indiana. Um, but, I, I mean, the Rockets, I don't think, did that for Victor Aladipo to be a long-term piece. I think they just wanted to get value back, and he's probably a trade commodity. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded again this season, to be honest. You think so? I could see – I mean, not that – it takes a lot to make that happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. I know he still can be unloaded before the trade deadline. They have to wait so many days, but I could easily see him being moved given the right situation. I mean, he's on a one-year deal. They're going to know whether they want to sign him long-term or not. Yeah, I feel like it's like a trial run. It's like, are you still the guy that you're supposed to be? And if not, deuces. That's what that's yeah. I, I think they're looking at it. Yeah, pretty much it's a pretty short-term leash just because the injuries that he's, you know, suffered in the last couple of years and, you know, with that, obviously what that does to players and, you know, it's it's nice seeing Paul George make the recovery that he's made from that leg injury in Indiana because at that time he was in his prime, you know, MVP candidate and, you know, he was putting on a show when he was playing against Miami and uh, LeBron and Wade. So... It's 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 cool. I think he'll he'll do well. You know, we'll we'll see what the expectations lead him to, but he'll compete. Plus, all Depot might just leave and do the R and B thing. He might just walk away from the NBA period and just be over it. J- just playing. He that can, was a bad joke, guys. Sorry, that was. A bad he joke. can sing though, so yeah, I mean, he, he, he he's plugged in already. He the same. <laughs> it ain't nothing like that NBA chick. What about the Karis Levert? Going to the Pacers, which I actually loved in general. I love his game. I think he's a stud. Definitely. Uh, I think it was tragic, but um, he 
he just he just got a serious injury, right? I'm not really sure what, what, what it was. He, they found a mass on his kidney um, during the physical process with his MRI, but I mean, you would have not you would have declined the trade. They could have overturned the whole trade, and none of it would have happened, mm-hmm. and would have just kept Victor. So clearly, it's not something that they must be worried about long term because they still had it go through. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love Karis LeVert. That dude. He's been a bucket since Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love his game. And then just like last year and this year, it's like he's really been coming out too. He would have been the conversation for most improved with um, Christian Woods. <clears throat> and so it's kind of it's kind of tragic that he can't go to Indiana and be the guy that you know that he's been like warming up to be setting setting himself up to be. And so. Um, but yeah, I love his game. I love the way he could go get a bucket on anybody, and he would have been he would have been great for the Pacers this year. Not to mention they already have pieces to where he wouldn't be the only focal guard. You know, he could they could leave relieve some of that pressure. He relieves some pressure off of Brogdon and vice versa. Um, they would have been a nice a nice piece in the East. I could see them <laughs> battling with a lot of those teams in the East if they had Karis LeVert. I don't know about I don't know about now. I couldn't agree more, man. I, I think he's a very versatile player who, you know, he kind of can play multiple positions um, long. He's just, he's a stud. I love everything about his game and, and very sad, but at the same time, it sounds like the fact that he was traded is why they were able to catch it and they caught it early and it's something that they're able to address. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope he gets, it's better. Guys, guys get hurt or something happens to where they have to take a big break in the middle of them, like achieving what we all know they could do. I just, I hate seeing that. It kind of happened with, it kind of happened with John Wall. Same thing with like Brandon Roy, Derrick Rose. You know, like you just hate to see it. You hate to see it. So I hope he comes back better. But yeah, it's gonna be tough. I agree. I agree. I don't know if Q's got anything to say about Karis, but the other thing that we could uh, segue into is Carl Anthony Towns catches COVID. Um, what everybody knows, he's lost six family members, including his mother, to COVID-19. And we don't know how long he's going to be out, it, how it'll affect him since it's been so brutal to his family. And clearly the Wolves <laughs> aren't doing shit without him. So Yeah, they need him. They need them. Um, yeah, it's tragic. Tragic, man. It's just it's just scary, man, because especially for him, uh, he lost so many people and it's just affected his life so many times. And he just looks up again. It's like, dang, I can't escape Corona, whether it's affecting me directly, a family member, a friend, you know, and that stuff is just scary. I feel like everybody at this point has been affected by Corona in some shape or form you know and i just man it's it's crazy world we live in right now i say it every day crazy world we live in but yeah they definitely need they need cat he's a huge piece for what they're trying to do um but yeah it's just it's just tragic i don't really know what to say about that i don't know either man and the funny thing is his cat doesn't play much defense but his offense is amazing uh they definitely need everything from him to even have a chance at winning games. I mean, 
I don't know what's going on with the Wolves. Everybody wants to blame the coach. Clearly, the culture is is not where it needs to be because we don't have that winning culture. It's just kind of everybody's got kind of that sucked in losers mentality. It seems like I don't know if we'll ever escape that. It it, it seems like it plagues most Minnesota sports, unfortunately. Um, and I don't know how we even get out of that, to be honest. Minnesota wasn't that bad a few years ago when y'all had uh, Jimmy Butler, and it wasn't that bad. Nobody bought in, though. That was the problem. It just goes to show last year with the Heat, imagine if everybody bought in when we had Butler. Yeah, I, I think... It could have been special. I think a big part of it was he got hurt um, towards the end of the year. Because y'all were, like, top five in the West. And then... Well, Got hurt, and then you guys went into the playoffs. And I think y'all were eight seed and played the Rockets, and it was sad. Yeah, but there was also the rumor that Jimmy banged Cat's girlfriend, and that they hated each other. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, there was a bunch of off the court stuff that was going on that was just terrible. Like you don't know it's true or not true, but there was definitely so, some beef where Cat and Jimmy didn't get along and effort. So, go ahead, Q. So before we pass that, do we think that Jimmy Butler did that? Participated in those in those actions? I think you can't be wife and hoes and expect them not to do whole things. Hey, you seen you seen Jimmy Butler coming on uh Gabriel Union page. Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> he is sharp, right? Jimmy Jimmy's definitely a troll. Yeah. Big troll. They had to get them together real quick. <laughs> Yeah, to get him to get what he say. He said, "Don't ever comment on my wife page like this again, or something like that." <laughs> he he pulled the cards. But here, here's the crazy thing: think if they would have bought it and look at the Knicks. Look at what Thibodeau was doing with the Knicks and R.J. Barrett. And I know there was a big thing coming into this year, like the Wolves supposedly had a package where they could have traded away Anthony Edwards for R.J. Barrett. And I can't remember what else. It might have been like another pick. I don't know another first round. I have no idea. But People were wondering if you would do that. Look at what RJ's doing with Thibodeau. I love RJ. Um, I love RJ's game. I always liked him since Kentucky, for real. But would he be the savior? I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's like a – he's not that good of a shooter, but he is a dog. He plays hard. He rebounds. He can score. He's tall. I think he defends um, okay enough, you know. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's a savior. I think I think uh, Mello would have been a better pickup, though. In my opinion, over over Edwards. I think so. I think I a lot agree. Of think that right now, he definitely has a higher ceiling, and he understands the game a lot, a lot better, mm-hmm. especially at his position. And he might still be growing. The kid's getting tall as hell. Huge. Yeah, and I don't like how when people say like, "Oh, they already had a point guard and D. Russell like." How basketball is played today, you play with multiple playmakers on the floor. For real. It's like, how could that be a bad thing? <laughs> that always makes sense. Athletic too? Like, come on. Yeah. The I game's agree. changing for sure. Yeah, that, that would be a good mesh, you know, together. He can learn from someone who's solid at that position and grow as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... It's tough to say because I feel like if Anthony Edwards was in a situation where he'd see the minutes, I think Anthony Edwards would probably be leading all rookies in scoring right now, and he'd be doing things that everybody expected the number one overall pick to do. Um, 
I mean, he's drafted into a situation that I don't necessarily think is good for him because he's stuck behind so many guards. We're very guard heavy right now. And, you know, he's got to play second fiddle to a lot of people where LaMelo gets to come into a situation and he's still coming off the bench, but he's got free reign. You know what I mean? Like he's got way more freedom. And I think that helps. I think most people know, like, I guarantee when you were growing up, when you were playing college or high school, when your coach was letting you do your thing and you found your groove, you played better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, when you're good enough, you're going you're gonna to stand out in any situation. Like, Melo's coming off the bench and he's still balling, you know. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't really watched the Timberwolves all that much, so I'm not really sure what Anthony Edwards is doing over there. But you know, when you're when you're good enough, you stand out. I don't care who over there, especially when you're the number one pick. You're supposed to. You're supposed to stand out. If anything, you should be um, the best, if not the second best player on the on the team. And I, that's just how I think. Or at least making an impact. You know what I'm saying? Like you're on a, a losing organization, so you should be at least producing what you can to, to show you you got some fight in you. And I feel like there's a lot of games. There's been some close ones lately, and they're competing. But with, you know, Towns out currently with COVID, it's, I'm sure it's very challenging for their, you know, interior offense to get started but and consistent because Cat can get a bucket from anywhere on the floor, and you need those points, especially, you know, if you're not winning ball games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. You want to segue into NBA or I mean NFL playoffs? Yeah, we can talk a little about NFL. You know, um, I personally want to first say, you know, me and Kyle had a, a nice little bet going on about the, <laughs> you know, the Rams coming to Green Bay and you know upsetting the cheese heads, but it didn't happen. So he he owed me twenty pushups on Snapchat. So I, I appreciate that that victory. I paid up. I always pay my debts. <laughs> Them push-ups were a little suspect, but oh, you're crazy, man! They were perfect form. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll count it. So I mean, again, going into the weekend, man, I, I was very, very confident in all my picks. I thought I was about to go four and zero with that Rams over the Packers. I thought the Ravens were going to beat the Bills. I knew the Chiefs would beat the Browns, and I knew the Bucks would beat the Saints. But man, I went two and two, and it was terrible. I was super defeated. I was going into the next day like, man, watch me go on for this weekend. So I'm actually glad that we missed the show last week so I didn't cost a lot of people money when they were betting. Yeah, it happens, man. I mean, you win some, you lose some. But, you know, I, I can't say I told you so. You were you were stressing the fact that the Rams' defense was day one, A1, and, you know, they got uh, upset. Bro, you know, number Rogers is a different beast. We all know what happened there. I mean, first of all, that TD run that he had—if that boy didn't fall for the pump fake and pummeled Aaron Rodgers, he probably would have broke his other collarbone, and this game would be over, and the Rams would have won. If you really got to be honest with yourself, the Packers needed Jared Goff to have a broken thumb, Aaron Donald to have messed up ribs, barely play the game. To beat them. That's how bad the Packers are. They're not a good team, Q. They are not we, a good team. We can't dismiss the fact that injuries happen in, in sports, and we can't, 
you know, do anything but acknowledge the time that it happens. You know, all we got to do is come out and play football, and, you know, that's all you can do at the end of the day. And, you know, the better team won. That's all. That's all the better team did not win. But the only thing <laughs> I'll say about that is I am happy for Billy Turner. He had a great game. He's been on the show. He's a cool dude, a really awesome human being. And I'm happy for him as an individual, but still, uh, screw the Packers. I hope they lose next week. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I told you Billy was going to hold it down. Shout out to Billy, man. We had a show uh, a couple months ago going on to the NFC Championship to get him another win against the GOAT. Nah, nah, nah. All right, and then we go into the Ravens and the Bills, where the Bills are probably the only other huge pretender in the NFL besides the Steelers. They should have lost that game. Uh, Justin Tucker misses two kicks. I mean, that's six points right there. Ravens were marching. You see a goal line pick turn into a touchdown from Lamar Jackson. You add that up. We're at 13-point swing right there. The Bills got lucky, man, and sometimes it's luck. You're better to be lucky than good. Um, and, I mean, Lamar getting knocked out of the game, he had no chance to, you know, turn it around. So it is what it is. Yeah, I feel like, you know, a unfortunate series of events happened, you know, that happened to swing in the Bills' favor. But, you know, that's that's how football goes. You know, basketball's the same. It's a game of runs. You know, that's just in football, you know, those runs cost you points. And if you're not scoring otherwise, you know, they only had, you know, three points. That was that was devastating. I thought that one was an easy, easy win. And I really wanted to see that Ravens-Chiefs matchup this coming weekend I was really hoping for that um and then I thought that football curse was going to continue against the Browns and the Chiefs um that was that was almost bogus Patrick Mahomes gets knocked out and he somehow converts a crazy long play runs out the clock Baker Mayfield almost turns it around if Rashard Higgins doesn't fumble at that one I mean they had a real shot. Yeah, that was a, a huge turnover. You know, and it was like the, the Browns, they were finally getting their offense going. They had a good drive, made a good play, you know, tried to, you know, get the extra yards and, you know, got the ball stripped out. And that's that's tough in the playoffs. You know, obviously you want to make a play and be that guy for your team. But, you know, that's the, the risk you take when you, you know, make that type of play in that type of situation. So, you know, it's tough. It was a huge swing of points right there. You know, they went down and scored again. So, you know, those are the mistakes that you can't have, especially in the playoffs, man. You got to try to play mistake-free football, and, you know, that's how you come out victorious. When you see the uh, poor Drew Brees, probably his last game in the NFL, Throws three picks. Tom Brady's out there lighting them up. I was very confident about the Bucks, even though they had lost two games in the regular season. Um, it's hard to beat a team three times. And that's just logic. It's hard to beat a team three times in one year. It's very tough to do. I just figured the Bucks, it was it was their turn. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, had the feeling that Brady would not go out that early. And, you know, he already had his losses to New Orleans this season. So, I mean, he's going to come out. The defense really stepped up, which was something we didn't see those first two matchups this season. 
And, you know, they got some interceptions, forced some turnovers. I think it was a couple picks and also a, a forced fumble off of Jared Cook catch. So, I mean, that's those are the, the plays that make the difference. And in the playoffs, as I just mentioned, you got to play mistake-free football and the team that makes the least amount, that's who wins. And then I love what Antoine Winfield Jr. said after the game when he posted that pick with that caption. This was for his old man in 09 against the Saints. Um, if anything, it makes me even more sad that the Vikes did not draft Anton Winfield Jr. Because obviously he's a dope ass human being. Um, he's a fighter and he's a damn good ball player. But the fact that he, he, he gave a little shine to the Vikes made it even better. Yeah, I'm surprised the Vikings didn't take a chance on him. You know, uh, coming into this season, we we knew they were going to be very minimal at DBs, and you know, some young guys were going to have to step up. So, I was surprised when they didn't pick him up either. But you know, he's starting to to prove himself. This week, moving forward, Sunday, we got the Bucks and the Packers. We got the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, the Bucks and the Packers, I think the biggest thing that's going to side that game is going to be the weather. Tom Brady deflating balls to make shit happen. We don't know. He's coming to Green Bay. You know what happens in Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay's going to lose. We can, we can put 20 more push-ups on that. We can put 20 push-ups. You, right. you don't bet against the GOAT, baby. Uh, this is this is different different year, man. Green Bay at home throughout the NFC playoffs. Come on now. Nah, this man. is what this is what they do. Who's gonna guard Devontae? All right. Yeah, I don't know. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I All don't right. know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> we got uh, the Bills and the Chiefs, though. Does Mahomes play? I hope he does. If he doesn't, that's going to be tough, and that's going to be a blessing for the Bills. You know, I'd, I'd love to see, you know, those teams going at it full strength, and hopefully we get to, you know, with prayers for Mahomes right now. You know, but I still like the Bills. I just think they're going to shock the world this, this season. Diggs yeah. is killing it, you know, number one receiver. That's, that's my favorite player in the NFL, but I'm going to be honest. The Bills are not the truth, and the reason why they're not the truth is in the, in, in the playoff football mindset, you have to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to play defense. The Bills' defense is average, slightly above average, but they cannot run the ball at all. You cannot run the ball at all. So that here's the thing. If, if Henny is out, if Henny's out, the Bills are gifted a shot at the ship. But all that means is they're just handing over a trophy to Aaron Rodgers, which is not something that I want to see. He's going to take it. Take the trophy. I, I, need, I need the Chiefs to win another one this year because I can't stand to see anybody else. Unless, unless the Bucks want to really make stuff happen, I would not be sad to see Tom Brady get another ring. Well, we guess only time will tell, right? We'll see you here pretty soon. couple days, baby. couple days. What's, what's your locks? Do you see an upset? Um, we got, I believe, Green Bay by three, if I'm not mistaken. I, I like that. Okay. I like that, especially being at home. I, I do. You're not liking that, Hakeem? 
Yeah, definitely. I like it. <clears throat> I think I think we're gonna pull it off for sure. At the uh, crib, it's gonna be snowing. They from Florida. I like our I like our chances. I can't stand you, Packer fan. <laughs> And then for the Bills and Chiefs, uh, I, I like the Bills plus three. I think this is a close game. I, I would take the plus three. I don't think they'll necessarily win, but plus three I would be comfortable with. What about Mahomes playing? If he's playing, yeah, I would still take the plus three, but I just feel like it's going to be an interesting game. I'll take, I'll take the Bills plus three. On the Bucks and on the Chiefs. And I'm doing the Bucks by a bias, so that doesn't mean I necessarily love it. But I'm, I'm just telling everybody where I stand. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Right, 20, push, 20, 20 push-ups on the line. 20 push-ups. We, we might have to up it. We might have to up it to 50. To... 50's cool. I have to. Uh, I'm cool with 50. All All right. We appreciate you coming on the show, Aki. Sure, man. I appreciate y'all having me. All right, good episode, fellas. Talk to you guys later.